Yo, yo, welcome back to Lost in Transition. My name is Riyadh. My name is Kevin. Today is Wednesday, May 5th. We've got a couple weeks left of the regular season and the play-in tournament starts in on May 15th. Uh, today we're going to run through some of the awards uh, like the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, and Sixth Man. We'll talk a little bit um, about um, some things going on in the league. But to start off, last night the Bucks beat the Nets twice in three nights. Um, last night, um, they kind of controlled the whole game. Uh, I watched. I watched most of it. Uh, Glad did you watch the game last night? Yeah, I did. What about the uh, game on Sunday? Sunday, I, I didn't catch much of it, so mostly just the uh, the, the latter part of it. Yeah, my brain was kind of dead on Sunday. So, how hype are you that they lost? That the Nets lost both games? Uh, I'm pretty fired up. Um, it would take a big collapse for the Sixers to give away the one seed. Um, pretty easy schedule, and it's like kind of wild. Like people just be get are just getting hurt left and right whenever we're about to play them. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the easiest schedules anyway. And then it comes out, and it's like just guy after guy will be missing the game. Like we missed Vooch and Levine on Sunday. We missed uh, um, Christian Wood. And obviously, John Wall's done for the year tonight. And then we also miss uh, Ingram on Friday. So it's just, it's kind of working out well for us. We definitely need the one seed more than anyone else. Um, so vibes are high. Can't guarantee how long they'll stay high for, but right now they're high. Yeah. Did you have any uh, any big takeaways from the games, um, the Nets Bucks matchup, uh, those two um, games? I would say. I mean, it's kind of a lot that we already knew, um, but I mean the the fact that they don't have anyone to match up with Giannis. Yeah, Giannis dominated inside both yeah, games. A big takeaway. Uh, I've been liking what they've been doing with Drew, where they kind of let him went on Giannis. Uh, like when he go, Giannis goes to the bench, they kind of time up and like let him run the second unit to kind of get him going. I think that's uh, yeah been very beneficial for them because. And Middleton's been pretty impressive also. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's just super efficient. Um, Takeaways on the other end, too. Like, it was weird last night. Like, KD, like, just had some abnormally missed KD shots down the stretch. Yeah. Um, And I was listening to someone today, and they were saying how, like, they think that's a a factor of the fact that he had to cover Giannis for Mm. a decent amount of time in the fourth quarter. And, like, Obviously, we know, like, Giannis is just this absolute freak of nature, like, athletically. So, it just, like, kind of, like, weighed on him. And that's just further evidence of them having absolutely no one to really handle Giannis. Yeah, I think in the first game, um, I, I watched the first half and then I watched, like, the last five minutes. Um, but uh, the it was definitely, like, they had no answer for Durant Um the Bucks didn't like he he just got every shot he wanted he hit every every mid-range shot um and then in the second game it just seemed like it was harder for him to get those same shots and I think we just I think because we saw KD earlier in the year start the season off so strong that we kind of assumed oh he's just 100% back um and that could be true for like certain stretches but we still don't know like how his body if his if it's used to having that grind uh, multiple nights in, yeah in, I would, know, multiple games so, in, in, in a few nights yeah i mean that's going to be an absolute war of a series in the second round as barring no upsets 
Um, I, I still thought that, like, even though they made Durant take tough shots, like, he's just probably the best in the NBA at making those tough shots. Yeah. I mean, given he's a seven-footer and just can is, like, the best – one of the best scorers of all time. Um, like, I don't know. There's just almost no defending. If he, like, really wants to, like, come off a screen and take two dribbles, like, even a contest is, like, barely going to actually contest him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I Just – not only coming off two injuries, but also just how like thin his frame is and everything. I think that yeah. definitely could be a concern. Um, obviously, I think their offense is another level when they do have a true point guard with Harden mm-hmm. there. Um, but that being said, also makes me a little nervous him coming off a hamstring. Just it's not a fun injury to have. Are the the two losses that they had to the Bucks? Are they are they worrisome for the Nets, um, or are they a sign that the that the Bucks actually could challenge, be a challenger in the, in the East? I think it's more the latter okay. that the Bucks could be a challenger in the East. I mean, yeah, I think they definitely match up well with the Nets. Yeah, I think you see uh, Drew Holiday's value as opposed to like Eric Bledsoe. It's just like night yeah. and day difference. Yeah. Um, and less worrisome just because of the fact that like probably if he didn't get hurt like a first or second all team all nba player um who kind of runs them runs their offense and allows kd and Kyrie to get even easier looks um is why i think it's less worrisome and it's more about like the positive or the potential contention uh, for the bucks uh, to jump over to the West, um, I think it was announced a couple of days ago that LeBron would be out for Thursday and Friday's game of this week. Um, they did beat the Nuggets without LeBron on Sunday or Monday. Was that was that Monday? I think. Yeah. Um, but AD did play well, and they they came out with that win. Are you worried at all about the Lakers? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that. It's just it's just nerve wracking that I've heard multiple uh, experiences in the past of other people that like had said they like didn't recover that same season with a high ankle sprain, um, and the fact that it's year what eighteen or nineteen for LeBron, yeah, I think it's definitely worrisome. Um, it seems like when he came back the other night against the Raptors, he wasn't able to cut or explode how he wanted to, and I mean. At the end of the day, obviously, they have some nice pieces around them, but, like, they need peak AD and peak LeBron to win three series in the West. Um, So I I definitely think it's a concern. Um, But I've also been not as – I mean, I still, like, thought coming into the season everything, like, Lakers are the favorite and everything, but I wouldn't say I was, like, quite, quite as high on them um, as you guys were. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean – are you a little concerned now too? Um, I mean, I think the timing concerns me in terms of him coming back, uh, LeBron coming back, AD coming back, and them not looking great right now. Um, AD, like I said, did play well in that Nuggets game, um, but we need to see it, you know, together. I think if it was last year and it was this situation because they hadn't had the that uh, that playoff experience together, um, I think it'd be more worrisome. But I think. Seeing them roll through the West last last uh, in the bubble, um, I think is a good sign for them. I think that 
the West in terms of like one, like the top eight teams is better than the East, but I honestly think the Nets and the, the, um, the Sixers would give the Lakers a, um, a tougher series, tougher, yeah, a tougher series than anybody in the West. I think, I think they kind of caught a break with the Nuggets with Jamal and Jamal Murray's injury. I think the Clippers are probably their um, toughest contender right now. It's looking like, um, but they also just don't match up well with the Lakers. They, um, in terms of like the inside presence, they have nobody to guard the rim. I mean, they have Zubats, but he's not going to be able to handle um, AD. Um, but I mean, it, 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 I'm definitely more worried than I was. Um, I thought, I think it's more concerning about LeBron coming back from a major high ankle sprain yeah. at 36 years old. Then I like, think, I think it totally that, makes sense to worry. I just, I'm just always going to like, if, if LeBron is on the court, I'm, it's just, and he has another sidekick, like it's hard for me to, to doubt right. that he's going to, he's going to, you know, be the best player on the court. Yeah. All right. To jump over to the uh, awards, uh, we'll start off. We'll kick it off with the MVP. But uh, before we kind of jump into our list, um, we're gonna kind of just break down how we how we think of the MVP. Gladie, you want to go ahead and uh, tell us how you how you think yeah. of the MVP. Um. So what I would say and how I kind of evaluate the MVP slash how I would predict the people who actually have a vote um, would go in their direction. Um, obviously stats are important. Um, player impact is important. Uh, team success narrative, and then overall value. It's kind of like the five like pillars, if you want, want to say that I would evaluate there. Um, I think that I would put a lot more stress on stats and team success uh when evaluating the mvp uh as opposed to some of the other ones but narrative is just unavoidable i mean we're going to complain about it year in and year out and that's why they do need to have a more established criteria um but it, it definitely weighs on the voters and that's why you have to consider it when you pick your mvps yeah i think i think that's a great um kind of uh a simple way to break it break it down because a lot of it is, and I think we talked about it before, a lot of it is subjective in terms of the narrative and storyline. Um, you know, Giannis realistically should be considered as one of the top MVPs, but we're kind of putting him to the side because of the last two seasons and what we've seen in the postseason, even though people say right. it's a regular season award. Um, but yeah, what the number one has to be like stats. You can't, you have to like put up, you have to actually like impact the you have to actually produce on the court and perform. Right. Um, winning, I think, is definitely second, just because like you can't be valuable if, if your team's trash. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I, I think those those two those two are definitely the biggest ones. Um, and uh, with that said, uh, do you want to go ahead and jump into your in your list? Um, I know you did like top five. Yeah, I did top five. Um, maybe I guess I'll say mine. Um, then you can say yours and we can kind of just shoot the shit from there and kind of. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Disagree and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so I have Jokic one and bead two, Giannis three, Steph four, CP three, five. Okay. Mine's basically the same. Um, I've got Jokic, Jokic one. I've got Embiid two. I've got Giannis three. I've got 
CP3 four, and I've got Curry five. Okay. I so I almost had Luca in the top five, but yeah, I put Luca or I mean I put Curry in there. Um, yeah. Um. So I mean I guess I'll just I talk about Embiid every day. So I'll talk about Jokic, and then you can go there. We'll just kind of go down the list, yeah. and then we'll just you know talk real briefly about what where we flip flopped on four or five. Um. So yeah, I think I mean Jokic is just like statistically a monster. Um, probably the most like efficient season like of all time. Um, he's first in the NBA in win shares, first in you know box score plus minus twenty six eleven and eight and a half as a center. Um, I think what really put him over the top. I mean, obviously he always had the the games played debate over Embiid, um, but just the fact of how well they've played without uh, Murray. Well, Murray, yeah just pretty much locked it up for him. I mean, they don't, they really don't seem like they've missed a beat. And it's not even just that. Like, I mean, like Will Barton's been out. Um, I know Matamoris has been out. So they've been shuffling guys in and out of the lineup. Um, and they still have, I think they're like 10 and two since that injuries happened. Um, so it seems like uh, with Jokic, it seems there's a lot of hesitancy to give it to him, even though it seems like he should get it. Um, what do you think that is? I did, I did hear the argument that, and this goes back to like the subjectivity of the, of the award, like the narrative, like I've heard people say when you go back in history, you know, like 20 years from now, you'd, he'll be like the one outstanding player. That's not like an all time great out of all the MVPs that have been over the years. Like, what, what do you think of that argument? Yeah. That, that, I mean, I think that, um, I think that's a possibility, uh, I don't think that should be a reason to not give him the MVP. Um, it, yeah. Because I think it's, I mean, it's a yearly award. They give it out every year for a reason. Yeah. Um, so my thing would probably be uh, just because like, he's not like the, he doesn't maybe have like the, other than like some pretty cool passes. Like he doesn't have like the, like, eye flashy yeah. moments of an MVP type player. Yeah. And then my other thing would probably be um, he's primarily a one, one side of the ball player. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Nuggets do what they can to alter their defenses to support him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's still not like a, you know, a net a re- significant net positive defensively. So I would probably say that's the reason why. Got it. Um, so how close? I know you said you had Embiid too. If you want to just talk about him soon, like I said. Um, if Embiid about. probably played like 10 more games, I think I would have gave it to Embiid. Um, yeah. he just, Jokic, I do think that some people do hate on Jokic. I do think he's a fun player to watch. He's impacts winning, obviously. Um, he's a he's like a great, great teammate. He loves he loves sharing the ball. Embiid um, is just a more dominant player, and that's just that's just how it is. That's just fact. Yeah. He's he's on both ends of the floor. Um, you can just by watching the game, he just he just impacts the the court more. He impacts how people drive into the into the paint. Um, you know, he he controls the offensive pace with his you know with um, taking it in the paint and dominating inside. Um, it's just he missed he missed a little bit too many games and again like maybe that shouldn't be as high of a criteria but I don't know it seems like everybody is on the same page on with that yeah I mean like he's 
essentially like I mean statistically he's like a little above Jokic in points per game obviously the assists are the big difference but I mean it means second in usage in the entire NBA and that being said his turnovers are the lowest um, of his career so I mean obviously that he's not maybe like making the direct pass to have his assist total so high but I mean one of his biggest improvements probably outside of his physical shape um, has definitely come from his passing Um, you know his ability to deal with not only scoring out of double teams or triple teams but also making better decisions and making outlet passes to the open guy and then kind of like the hockey assist Um, so I mean yeah I I definitely think that I would have um, and also their shooting, their shooting comparisons, like they are averaging, Embiid is averaging a little bit more points, but Jokic's shooting is just crazy, like 56 right. from the field and 40 from three. And even though Embiid's 50 and 36, um, respectively, like that's just crazy, 56 and yeah. 40. But then I, but then you also, yeah, no, I agree. And then you also have to look at like Embiid leads the NBA and getting the foul line. And that's yeah. huge in a playoff series. Playoff games, yeah. Um, and, the fact that he's a seven-two center and is one of our best free throw shooters is it's just kind of mind blowing. But um, and Embiid's yeah. mid-range game has been a killer this yeah, this year. Exactly. Uh, from there, I guess we'll go to Giannis. Um, obviously, I think like we had talked about what it's evaluated on uh, the narrative, pretty much because it is weighed by the media, kind of yeah. throws it out the window for him a chance to actually win it. Um, I definitely think he'll still get votes. Um, yeah, I think he 100% should get votes. Yeah, um, definitely. I just, it's just the narrative part hurts him the yeah. last two years. He's, um, he's like the only player in the NBA that's top five offensive and defensive win shares. Um, and he's top five box score plus minus two. Um, you know, almost 29 a game, 11 rebounds, six assists. I mean, his playmaking and his passing has gotten better this year, too. Uh, I don't think he's quite the same defensively that he was last year. Um, but that also, um, you know, could change come playoff time. So I don't, I don't think there's too much to talk about in terms of Giannis right now. Yeah. I mean, he's like we had mentioned earlier, like it's a regular season award, but everyone's just focused on seeing what he does in the playoffs. Yeah. He's, so, he's been considered a, a MVP candidate. I mean, he did win it the last two years, but he's been considered yeah. the last like four or five years. So, he yeah. should um, it, it'll all be about the postseason. So I guess um, I'll just kind of. So why'd you have Curry? Why'd you have Curry yeah. in front of CP3? I was going to say the same thing, but I was going to let you talk. But yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, I mean, CP3, obviously, I'm sure your argument will be on like player impact. I totally get that. Yeah. And that's why I think it is such a toss up between the two, um, you know, that you go from missing the playoffs to being potentially the best team in the NBA at the end of the season. Um, it's pretty crazy. Seeing him in person was awesome. Uh, you know, just how he manipulates the defense. And I think Daniel talked about it too. Yeah. Uh, I think it was maybe off air, but he was just saying how like he just knows exactly where he wants to get and where he wants to put his guys in spots for. Um, and, you know, like I said, team success is important. Um, that being said, I have stuff over him just because, uh, I mean, he's scoring more than he put up in his unanimous MVP season. Uh, the fact that he's uh, like 50, or I guess technically he's not 50, 40, 90. I think he's like 48 or 49 from the field. Um, but on like the, 
it's kind of like the Luca factor where like he's putting up those numbers and his probably him or Luca takes like the highest degree of difficulty shots yeah in the NBA um and I just think the way that and he, in both in both cases if they don't play their offense is abysmal oh yeah exactly I was gonna say that like they're um I mean he's I know he's third in box score plus minus um, but that team is probably like I would say probably they'll be better than the Rockets, maybe. But other than that, they're the worst team in the West if Steph's not playing. Um, so, I mean, obviously, that I think that affects the category where I talked about um, with player impact. Obviously, his stats are off the charts. Um, I think you kind of have people are going to hark a little bit on, like, the team success, them still being, like, a couple games over 500. But I just think when you look at that team that they're putting out there, um, night in and night out compared to what and I'm not trying to penalize Chris Paul for having a lot of good pieces around him um, but I also think that the media overweighs I'm not saying he doesn't have a great impact on winning because he does but I think they overweigh all the value on he's the only difference as opposed to like the player development of Mikhail the player development of eight. See, see I would the the second person I would give credit to is Monty Williams Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that. I haven't yeah. my coach of the year, but um, so I think I think those were all great points. Um, I think CP3, and I, this kind of goes back to like college. We used to talk about CP3. I've always liked CP3 because it was always clear to me that he just he's just a, a winning type player. He makes winning plays. He knows how to run a team. Um, I think that you it the narrative does help him a little bit because um. Because a lot of people weren't hot. I don't think, um, you know, throughout his career, a lot of people were high on him, especially with like the rumors of him being like a tough teammate and everything. And I think this year, especially, well, last year definitely helped him on the Thunder and helping them get to the playoffs. But then this year, making the Suns, who didn't make the playoffs last year, even though they won every single game in the bubble, um, and them being a number one seed, I think that's. I think that you have to give a lot of a lot of props to him, um, and um, and I think I think that's been clear with like every team he's been on that yeah. he he is he is kind of like the driving winning force, um, and he hasn't he hasn't always had like the best teammates, or in terms of like winning teammates, um, but yeah. he always he always seems to be in you know they seem to be in games and and um, and get the yeah, most I mean, out of. I think it really it kind of stinks. I mean. Obviously, there's still an opportunity, um, but that like the likelihood isn't that high that he wins a championship um, in his career. Yeah, I think the biggest misses are obviously the Rockets one, 2018, um, yeah, with that hamstring injury. But then it's also just like, fuck David Stern. Like, <laughs> I gotta veto that trade. Like, I'm yeah, that Lakers trade. Be, like, uh. He, uh, I think he would have won one there, but yeah, I mean, he's just, he's given so much like, you know, as the uh, president of the players union, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's just given so much back in terms of that and the community and what he brings to the game um, yeah. that I think it is a shame uh, that maybe it's not a great uh, likelihood of him winning that. Um, but let's. And, and he's not a lockdown defender, but he's always been, really good on defense for not being that tall. Um, yeah. So he's always kind of impacted both sides of the ball, not just offensively. 
Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, what do you want to jump into next? Uh, let's just jump into uh, defensive player of the year. Um, I feel like that's typically. I think it's basically between two players. Yeah, I did tr- top three, but there's a big drop off. Um, who who was your, did you have a third or no? Uh, kind not really. Okay. Embiid was my third, but Embiid. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had uh I had Draymond as three. Um. I just really? really think he keeps them afloat defensively. I mean, they are fifth in the league in defense. Yeah, like I was watching him when they were playing the Pelicans the other night, and like no one's made Zion inefficient to even like 50% shooting this year. Um, but like he was doing a pretty good job on him. Yeah. Uh, he, he frustrated and beat down the stretch of the fourth quarter of that game uh, when the Warriors beat us a couple weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, just that type of switchability, how much he can anchor a defense. And I know he's not quite what he ha- has been in the past, um, but I just feel like his defensive IQ and versatility is extremely valuable to them. Like, I think the balance, obviously way more weighted towards Steph Curry being absolutely ridiculous effect on the offense, but I still think he has that kind of effect on the defense. Yeah, definitely. When you look at, like, I mean, I know Steph's not a stongo to get all, like, start crying about it. Like, (laughs) not like he's he's gotten better, like, positionally, like, being in the right spots, but, like, you don't think of him as, like, a really net positive defender. You don't yeah. think of Wiggins as like a normal net positive defender. He's been with Wiseman a lot this year, who as a rookie year lost defensively always. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just like for them to be that high up ranked defensively shows gives them a lot of credit. Um, but you know, totally agree. I think it's a two man race. But um, so did you have Simmons or Gobert? Um, my bias came out here. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't give, help it. Couldn't give Embiid and Simmons the awards. Um, now this is based on like where my vote would go. Um, if I had to bet on it, I bet you Rudy Gobert wins it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I picked Ben Simmons just because. I mean, the versatility covering one through five. I think he's the only player this year that I've legit seen like throw Luca completely off of his game offensively. Yeah. Um, like obviously it's not like some occurrence that's going to happen all the time, but like he did it with, um, you know, like making Luca just like completely out of the game, uh, shoot super inefficient. Um, And if the goal in an NBA season, which it should be is to win an NBA championship and you're going against those top teams and you're able to put him on one of those guys and slow them down, I think that's more vital to um, winning that championship. Um, I understand the defense is uh, anchored by centers in today's NBA, um, but I just think like even in the sense of like there's going to be situations where Gobert is obviously a lot higher on like his ceiling of what he can do, but like there's also going to be plenty of situations where like the end of game with like, that one with Booker. Um, or the like the mishap the other week when they lost to the Timberwolves where he loses a switch like I just don't think you'd see that type of shit with Ben Simmons Mm. Um, so yeah I I think I I I think we we mentioned this a few times I kind of had Simmons as number one all year 
Um, but when it came down to it, I picked Gobert. Um, and the reason why I, I do I do agree with you, Simmons is probably the most versatile defender in the league. He can guard one through five. Um, he's crazy athletic. Uh, he's a smart defender. He did give Luca a lot of trouble um, this year when they played. Um, I think the best points for Gobert are one that again the the center does anchor the defense and i think you have to give when the center is um when your team is um you know top five in the league in defense and you have a uh an elite center you got to give him a lot of credit but i think what it came down to was um i looked at the jazz and the and the um and the Sixers and the Sixers just have better defenders on there they have Matisse what they are have the jazz Embiid. What are the? Do you know what the Jazz ranked are defensively on the year? Third. Third. Okay. Yeah. That, and that, and Sixers are second and have been first since the All Star break. But I mean, when you when you're third in the in the league in defense, um, and you don't really have any other elite defensive players on your team, um, I think you have to give him a lot of credit. So yeah, you know, I think uh, did he win it the last two years or just the last year? Maybe. Um, I kind of no. Giannis won it last year. He won it two years ago. Oh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think you gotta give the nod to Gobert. Yeah, that, I mean those are all good points. And I mean Sango's gonna be pissed. Yeah, he's he's uh <laughs> he's first in defensive win chairs. Um I mean he's always been healthy too, which is big for them. But yeah, I mean if you look at like um Connolly as as he's aging, isn't a great defender. Ingles isn't a great defender, Clarkson's not a very good defender. Um, Bogdanovich is all right. Bogdanovich, yeah, like Got a little bit of. Size. I think O'Neal is pretty good, pretty yeah. solid. Um, yeah, I don't really know about Niang, but um, yeah, I think I think that's completely reasonable. Um, let's stick with the Jazz, I guess, and jump over to six man. I think they're they definitely have a couple in there. Where did you rank on your six man? Um, so I. I don't know. This one was tough. I, I I did listen to that Zach Lowe podcast, and they were throwing out like twenty different dudes yeah. that could that could win it. Um, I don't know. I think I think you kind of, I think you got to give uh, preferential um, choices to you know the best teams. So I did go with top two Clarkson and Ingles. Yeah, um, in that order. Yeah, I'd probably pick Clarkson um, just because he's started less games. And um, and he's he's definitely more of a of their like offensive firepower when he comes yeah. in than, than Ingles is. Yeah, I have the same too. And then I gave I put Brunson at three. Um, yeah, I had Brunson or Harold three or four, whatever. Yeah, um, and I think Brunson I would put over Harold too because like, and then yeah, I guess this is a regular season award too, but just like a little bit with the flame out of Harold in the playoffs and and his numbers aren't aren't as good as they were last year. Yeah. Definitely, um, but yeah, I think Brunson is a is a sneaky like pick. Like, yeah, I, he's a I, I was before today. I wasn't really thinking about him six man, but yeah, he's definitely one of the best. His uh, footwork bench is just phenomenal. Yeah, to work like he uses his like low key like kind of yeah. strong for his size, um, but his he's good at those angles good. too. Like, like obviously not like not exactly like Kyrie, but in terms yeah, of like yeah. getting his body like where he needs it to go. Yeah. Um. All right, so I guess we can jump over to rookie of the year. Yeah, it's fine. Should be quick on those. I'm assuming most improved will be a little bit more 
yeah just talking about but yeah rookie of the year um i think it's pretty much non-negotiable the top three uh in terms of your order that's fine but i think Lamelo, halliburton and edwards have to be in the top three yeah they're in my top three who do you, who, um, you have them? i went Lamelo, edwards halliburton okay so you so you didn't you didn't penalize Lamelo for missing uh, not too much I still think he played enough. Um, I think he established himself as no doubt the highest ceiling this year. Um, I think, I mean, his playmaking was just unbelievable for a rookie, 15, 7, 15, 6, and 6. Mm-hmm. Um, the knock on him was his three-point shooting. Um, he was shooting 37, he's shooting 37% on five attempts, which is a pretty high volume uh, for his first year coming in the NBA. Um I thought he actually had somewhat of a positive impact on winning, which is almost never happens as a rookie. Yeah. That's why I put him as number one. Who'd you have at one? I had Halliburton at one. Okay. Um, I think it was, I think I would have gave, I, I would have definitely gave it to LaMelo if he didn't miss any time, but right. he, Halliburton played almost, almost like, well, I guess like 15 games more than him. So why um, do you give it to Halliburton over um, Edwards? Why do you have him above him? Um, I just think he's more of Halburn's just more of a complete player. Um, and I think, I think with Halliburton, you can see that he's just going to be a very versatile player that he can play in a, in multiple different systems. But you still think Um, Edwards has a higher ceiling, right? I don't think so. Really? Not today's NBA. I don't know. We got to see how Edwards improves because he's just going off athleticism. Halliburton's a, like a more well-rounded player um, yeah and as a point guard he's sh- uh Halliburton he's sh- shooting 40 41 percent from three um I mean yeah you know, he's Edwards, makes Edwards makes isn't a point guard yeah I know but he makes clutch plays like I don't know he uh I don't know I just I just like Halliburton's game more than Edwards yeah. also um I think I might be factoring in his personality a little bit because Edwards is hilarious. Yeah, Edwards is um, hilarious. I, I mean, I think I think I think you could give it to any three of those. Honestly, I wouldn't be yeah. mad. No, I agree. Um, but but if I had to rank in terms of like who has the highest ceiling, it'll definitely be Lamelo, Halliburton, and then Edwards. It's kind of like a little scary for the Timberwolves. Just like, and I think he will be better than um, Wiggins. But he kind of is that same like thing where like he put up. Like high, like really good numbers in college. He's super athletic, um, but you just like wonder if like he's gonna have that like motor that gets you to another level too. I think yeah. he's a more competitive guy, and I think you've seen the Timberwolves improve uh, at the latter part of this season, um, and his numbers have gotten better too. Obviously, still not super efficient, but. Only being a rookie, I get that. Yeah, he's definitely gotten better from like the beginning of the season. Yeah, Def- definitely made some improvements. You can see him just more comfortable out there. Um, and then we're just we're. I mean, Lamelo, we'll see a lot of highlights, but Edwards is gonna th- th- give us those mile Miles Bridges dunks. Who'd you have as your coach of the year? So coach of the year I had Monty Williams. Me too. I just it's, I gave it a, a thin nod over Quinn Snyder. Um, just because I think they have more talent than Utah, and obviously they pretty much have the same record. But I just think because of the leap that they and have, he's a, yeah, he's a new coach also. Yeah, the leap they made, and then having so many young, young guys. Um, I had him as one too. Snyder, 
Snyder two. I had Doc at three. Yeah, Doc at three because he's gonna get the one seed. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think I don't know how many like people get votes or whatever, but just a couple of mentions. Um, Tom Thibodeau obviously with the yeah. Knicks being a four seed. Um, James Borrego with how young the squad is and how how well they play together. It seems like with excitement. Uh, Taylor Jenkins from the Grizzlies just because they're real young. Um, I like I like the way they're coached. Uh, and then lastly, just to mention Nick Nurse, like I think the Raptors being competitive at all is, is crazy. Yeah. Um, most improved, who are your top three? My top three. Last award. My top three are Randall is number one. I have Jokic as number two. Oh, you went with the... Uh... Yes. You could use those guys. Okay. And I don't know. I haven't decided on my third yet. I'll let you go first. Yeah. Um, I also have Randall one. I mean, I think everyone, Randall should be pretty much consen- it's, consensus. It's, it's borderline. Yeah. Unanimous. Um, I mean, 24, 10, and six. I mean, six assists as a playmaker at his yeah. odd, like, hybrid position is super impressive. Um, He's never shot above 35% from three, and he's shooting 42, almost 43% uh, on the most attempts of his career, which is just, like, a crazy stat to see, like, what, six, seven years into the NBA? Um, yeah. I mean, they're the four seed. They're by far the biggest surprise in the NBA, almost 10 games over 500. I, I, don't, think how, I don't see how you could not vote for him. I think the only yeah. thing that would – deter some people is the fact that like it is he's in his seventh year six or seventh year and now i know that's not that important but like it it hasn't had an impact on winning how it is this year but like i still like his one year in like the pelicans i think it was year like two or three like he still put up like close to 20 a game so it's like i think that would be the only like relative argument you would have against him like oh he did that one other year but like yeah, I mean, we we always felt like he could put up points. It was just more his like, kind of his his playmaking and yeah, um, just like kind of his not his basketball IQ, but in terms of just like making the right plays and and playing winning basketball. That was always the question. But he was always he was always kind of like a you know a real like you know strong in the paint, kind of dominant in there. But uh, yeah, but it was it was always a question of his playmaking. And since that improved, and he's I mean he's considered by some like. T- you know, borderline all NBA. I think that's a huge jump from yeah. being like not even an all star. Number two for me, Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Um, I, I had him on my list, but towards the bottom. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 19 and 7.5. Um, he's shooting 44% from three um, on six attempts, which is pretty high. Yeah. Um, he's gotten a little bit better defensively. He doesn't look quite as lost this year. Um, yeah, he gets some. He has some good blocks. Yeah, how he's breaking out since Murray got injured. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's there, number two moving forward. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I don't. It's going to be weird to see the balance and how they do that. I think he, Michael Porter, definitely has an ego too. Um, yeah. But and and Murray's a very competitive guy, so I'm curious to see how that moves moving forward um, and how like the shot distribution occurs. Um, but yeah, I thought he, he took a huge leap this year. And then last, it's just like, I know it doesn't really have, it hasn't been a huge impact on winning, but regardless, like 
Jeremy Grant. He got what he wanted. Um, and like, he's like being like the best player on a, t- on a team, uh, which I just think is impressive for him, regardless of if it's not like they're not winning games. Um, but I mean, he's averaging like 20, 22, five and three, um, obviously their best player, best defender. Um, so I, former process sixer I had to give him a shout out and put him on the list. Um, okay. So I, for my third one, I kind of had it between. So, so Randall, we talked about um, Jokic. The reason why I had him second is um, we don't ne- we don't usually think of most improved if you've already been like an all-star and kind of one of the be- best players in the league, but him jumping from just like a perennial all-star to MVP candidate um, with his shooting numbers. Um, I think before this year, he averaged like 19 points a game. Now he's averaging 26 points per game. I mean, almost nine assists per game, shooting 41 from three. Um, I think that's just – that's nuts. You have to give – that's a huge jump, and that's why I gave him the second spot. Um, for the third spot, I put uh, Jalen Brown. Okay. Um, his numbers aren't, like, crazy different. Um, I just think his – you can tell that he's just continuing to improve. Like right. he could even be a better player next year. Um, his playmaking is getting a little bit better. His shooting's a lot better than what yeah, it used definitely. to be. Um, you know, he's always been a good defender. Uh, they're not getting the win this year, this the wins this year. Um, but we'll see how he um, how he how he improves. Um, yeah, that's my definitely. that was my list. All right, that wraps up pretty much this week, right? We'll jump to uh, All-NBA next week. Yeah, we'll do All-NBA next week. There might be some fights. Um, Songo's yeah, we'll start we'll brainstorming to... different centers that he can put on there <laughs> to make sure. That Rudy doesn't get Anthony it. Anthony Davis is not eligible, but he's going to – he'll find someone else to put on there, I'm sure. He'll, like, give a co-third co All-NBA yeah. so he doesn't have to put go go bear in there. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll kind of break down criteria also because, um, it'll be a little bit easier. We'll kind of give you a breakdown of like which players we don't, we won't consider because they haven't played enough games. Um, so we'll do that leading up to, uh, our lists. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, follow us on our social media accounts. We'll continue to put out clips. Um, uh, we'll get Sango back on here and, um, we hope you can join us. Please rate and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Peace.